the CGA Tour, a podcast unlike any other. Now your host, Calvin Alexander. Welcome back to the latest episode of the CGA Tour. I'm still your host, Calvin at Glenn Alexander. And today I'm joined by none other than Chris Moretti, or Chris Kenya Moretti, um, out in the Dallas, Texas area. Chris, how's it going? Pretty good. How about you? Not doing too bad, man. You know, um, the weather's gotten a lot better in San Diego. I know it seems weird that I can complain about the weather here, but uh, yesterday was like misting and raining sideways and stuff. It reminded me a little bit of walking to class in Oklahoma, but doing a lot better now with the weather and, um, you know, teams playing good tonight for the Padres and not doing too bad, man. Um, No, I want to talk to you some about the uh, NBA stuff as of recently. Because loved your loved your takes on it last time um, with how to fix NBA teams and other stuff like that as well. So first question I got for you is you're rolling through. I know you're, I know you're a Celtics fan, but you're a huge Kobe fan. So you're rolling through. You see the Lakers are going to have the top one of the top four picks. What are you thinking? Well, I mean, we're so I'm watching it, and I guess to the point where it was like the I went to the episode, and it was like top four is going to be out of either the Lakers. Knicks, Memphis, Pelicans, and so my uh, buddy Sean, actually in Tulsa, he's also, but he's like a way bigger. He's an actual Lakers fan, full on, full on. Gotcha. And uh, so I'm calling him because I know he was like, like shitting his pants. <laughs> so I'm calling him, trying to talk to him, see how he's how he's feeling about it. I mean, I was happy for him. Like, I'm never gonna because he could be. I'm never gonna like root against the Lakers. But I mean, I don't really care if they win a championship or not uh, anytime in the future. But but yeah, I never want to see. Like, I definitely don't want to see them missing the playoffs, disrespecting, and just which what the LA Lakers are supposed to be. So for that aspect, I'm happy for them. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens, what they do with it. Well, well, kind of on that. So I think a lot of speculation, at least that I had, and I think a lot of Twitter and Facebook and every ESPN talk show was like, you know. At least, at least it seemed like from the whole season, it was the tanking for Zion. You know, that was that was kind of the the idea. And the Knicks were the team who was tanking for Zion. But for the Grizzlies, did trade away um, Marcus Saul to have a better shot at tanking. But I didn't. If someone asked me who was tanking this season, I'd be like, Yeah, the Hawks are playing Trey Young a ton. They're not doing the greatest. But you know, the three teams are the Suns, the Bulls. And then, oh gosh, the Suns, Bulls, and the Knicks. And for none of those three teams to get the top number one overall pick is um, maybe it lessens tanking is the only thing I think of. Is that teams might, you know, try to, I don't think anyone's trying to lose necessarily. I think they're just putting out lineups they know will lose. Is that a, is that kind of something you can agree with? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's just going to, it depends on what the team you're going to be. So, like, if it's like, like the Knicks, I don't see them tanking like or purposely trying to tank ever again just because of their fan base. Now Phoenix, I I feel like with the top three, uh, with the, I guess the bottom three, you still have the three highest chances of getting that number one pick. So like teams like the Suns, whose fans aren't like crazy, won't be rebelling everything. We can understand that hey, this is going to take time. Like I can see them still kind of tanking, but for like teams where like the Knicks, I don't like next year. I don't see them like doing what they were doing this year because guess what? This year didn't work for you. Uh, your fans have been okay with you losing these games because, hey, you were going to get Zion. Stephen A. Smith said it for eight months straight. <laughs> like, 
He got everybody hyped up and then comes down to it, and now you're about to get R.J. Bear, which is, hey, he's amazing, but it was Zion Williamson. So it's it's going to do very on team to team. And just like you said, like some teams are going to be so bad where it doesn't matter what you do. Like You're still going to lose the game, so you might as well just put a lineup out there that isn't going to waste your best players and you just take that L and try to get that first pick. So Yeah, yeah. I think it's... Um... It's funny to me that the that the team that was more than likely going to trade for a number one pick now has it in the Pelicans, but I just the Bulls, you know, like if the Bulls had gotten them, it would have been I think that would have been crazy. But you know, I, I'm I'm glad the Knicks didn't get him for majorly just one reason, because the Bull, like if the Knicks get him and the Knicks kind of prove that you know the way the 76ers did it is still possible with the new. NBA draft lottery, uh, just tanking, you get the best guy. And as, as you said it, I mean, RJ Barrett is an incredible player. The top three picks in this draft are going to be awesome. So I really do feel bad for the Suns and the Bulls because in my mind, at least like the Suns have hit on one draft pick in the past 10 years period. Uh, and it's been Devin Booker and the rest of the guys they've drafted have just not been good whatsoever. I've just not panned out. Josh Jackson is, I mean, okay, but they didn't have the opportunity to draft a Joel Embiid or draft a, um, I don't know, it's harder to say because they did miss out on, like, Giannis, but no one knew that guy was going to be so good. If I mean, if the Bucks really knew they was, he was going to be this good, then he deserves, you know, GM of the year for the rest of his life, whoever the GM is. But uh, I, I, know, I know another question I want to ask you about for sure is with, um, is with the Knicks itself. If... If you're all of a sudden, and I say, all right, you're the GM, what are you going to do to fix the Knicks within the next two months, let's say, or three three months into the free agency, too? Uh, so just because of how the draft played out with Zion uh, going to the Pelicans and Memphis in that two pick, um, I think the same thing applies with the Knicks as the Pelicans in, in terms of just hearing me out on this. Uh, so with the Knicks, you're right, you know, right now you have well, your three best players are DSJ, Kevin Knox, uh, Frank, uh, Kenna, I don't want to mess his last name up like that, but whatever. Everybody else is pretty expendable. Uh, you can get rid of them real quick, real easy. That's not really a, a big deal. And so with them, I think you go for it. Like You have the money. Uh, you have the draft pick. You have all these other players you can trade. Mm-hmm. You have all these other players you can trade. And so... I think you try to go get KD and you try to go get Kyrie and find as many pieces as you can with that three pick and try to trade for Anthony Davis just because you can get them three on one team together. I mean, that really fixes your your team like from the get-go, from like the moment it happens. And so other than that, like you can get them. Uh, You can try to go for a wide side, try to keep Jordan – I think the Knicks are pretty screwed if they can't land those, like, the big three. If they can't land a KD, a Kyrie, uh, can't trade for Anthony Davis, can't get Clay. Um, you have to, like, start going back to pretty much the worst players. Not the worst players, but the worst players in free agency. So, like, I'm looking at Keith. So, you keep DSJ, Kevin Knox, Frank, uh, probably get Whiteside or keep Jordan. Uh, you can go get Beverly, who plays amazing guard defense. 
Yeah. Uh, that's what they work on also is their defense on top of their horrible offense. And so it's just for them, they got a lot of problems. Uh, you still got problems management to coach. Like you've got one new coach in. I thought everything was going to be going great. And like a few last season, last season people were talking about him being gone already, which is, is weird to me, but okay. So I like Fisdale. Um, I also think something crazy they could do is bring back Phil Jackson. Like, I honestly never understood why people were getting mad. And because and, guess what? Phil Jackson is the reason the Knicks got Christoph Porzingis. Nobody else wanted Christoph Porzingis, who turned out amazing from that draft in the top five that they could have got because they were like the third pick or something. Christoph Porzingis. And so, but I just, if you bring back Phil, Phil's a genius. He knows what he's doing. Um, so it's just a matter of what they want to do personnel-wise, and then I don't know really much about their GM. So if he stays, let's see what he can do and uh, maneuver. So, yeah. All right. Well, I I think with that, I'm, I'm totally with you. Like, if you can sign Kyrie and KD, it's a no-brainer. And then if you have the ability to get Anthony Davis, even if it's just for a year, um, yeah. like a year under contract, you do it. You just you don't say no to that because – a team with a healthy KD, Kyrie, and AD beats anyone else in the East easily, in my opinion. Yeah, they, they they win the East easily. They probably win a championship. And the moment that happens, uh, Anthony Davis is resigning, Kyrie is resigning, KD is resigning. So I see KD getting it like a two-year deal, like LeBron. KD's mm-hmm. about to start doing LeBron deals where he's getting a two-year, one-year option to where that first year, if it goes good, he stays. If it doesn't get out of it, move on. So, and Kyrie is almost in that situation also. I mean, him and KD are pretty much rising at the same time. Obviously, KD is a lot better. But, I mean, Kyrie is still, in my opinion, a top 10 player in the National Basketball Association. So, he can pretty much select where he goes. And, yeah. Yeah, the best option would be probably them. Uh, if you can't get Anthony Davis or Kyrie, probably get a Clay. I mean, I feel like... KD and Clay just coming together, especially with that team chemistry they have already. That'd be kind of nice. So, yeah, no kidding. I I would love to see an Anthony Davis KD team with with Kyrie as well go up against the Warriors and how they're currently constructed. Because in my opinion, like KD and Anthony Davis can get switched on to Clay and staff and at least and hold their own. Um, yeah. Whereas. Yeah, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum are just not looking great. I mean, granted, it's been two games, that's it. But still, they're not looking great. And no one really can stop Steph and Clay. But if there were if there were any two guys who I had to pick to go up against and take down the Warriors, I, I think it's a no-brainer in my mind. It'd be, okay, get a guy like KD who, can, who is just a freak of nature athletically and can shoot just from way beyond the three-point line. Um, and make it at such a high rate, but just has also just an incredible like five tool aspect to the amount of shots he can hit. And then Anthony Davis, who not only rebounds extremely well, passes extremely well, but also can hit a bunch of shots too. And because yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know who's like on the Warriors. I don't know who's guarding um, KD. You know, like probably Iguodala, but then who's guarding Anthony Davis in the same point? Iguodala, Iguodala would be guarding KD. Uh, Draymond Green would guard Davis just because. Uh, Draymond can guard KD because KD is too quick. KD's got like that lateral quickness on top of him being seven one. Whereas Anthony Davis, same height, uh, can't mm-hmm. shoot as well. 
So he's going to have to grind just a little bit more than KD would. I mean, he's stronger, he's bigger. So, I mean, Draymond would guard him for sure. And then if he comes to the post, just, I mean, help. I mean, that's what they're going to be doing with Giannis because Draymond Green is probably the only person on the Warriors that can guard Giannis and not get destroyed every play in some, some sort, like some fashion of the matter. Like the matter. So you can't put a big man on him because he'll go right past him. Same thing with KD. Same thing with most most guys against Anthony Davis. And so, yeah, I'd definitely be Draymond on Anthony, Andre on KD. And then, but the problem is now you got to find somebody with his guard stuff and stuff and Clay. If Clay's there, if Clay's gone, then just Steph and Demarcus Cousins. Because I think if KD leaves, then Demarcus is just going to resign and stay. And it's just going to be the whoever, like either the top four with Clay, if Clay stays also, or Clay leaves, it's going to be the big three of Demarcus, Steph, and Draymond. And I actually personally would love to see how that looks. And so that's what I'm rooting for. Um. Hey, I'm with you. I think if KD leaves, I think that Boogie resigns to Marcus Cousins. But um, kind of the next question I got for you is, is that if you're David Griffin, do you when when do you trade Anthony Davis? Would you trade him before he plays on the court with Zion, or are you kind of you know and just kind of hey, let's get him out of here because you know what? Zion's going to be so good. He's going to sell tickets. He needs his own room to develop. Anthony Davis doesn't seem like he wants to be here at this point. Let's get him, you know, let's get him traded and, you know, start fresh and just start this rebuild as quicker than later. Or do you say, hey, you know what? Maybe Anthony Davis would mesh really well and try it out for, you know, until like the trade deadline. All right. So here's what, here's what I've been waiting for. Because in my opinion, I think the team with the best chances to come out of free agency just the best out of any team period <laughs> coming out of oh my god and so the pelicans they can do so much that actually scares me like how david griffin's gonna just ruin this so you get zion williamson first pick god hands you that pick great you del demps is gone so the person that anthony davis really has the biggest problem with adios he loves alvin gentry like that is well probably the one constant thing about the, the pelicans that anthony davis is not like really had a feud with at all is his coach. He loves Alvin. And so right now, what, they have Anthony Davis, um, Drew Holiday. Uh, they're going to re-sign Julius Randle. And so if you can find a way to get Kemba or Kyrie, it doesn't matter. Either one, I really, at this point, I this is really not going to matter that much. Uh, they both are clutch as hell. They both are amazing point guards. They both pretty much play the same level of defense. Uh, Kemba just a little bit worse, um, <clears throat> just because he's smaller. Uh, but if you get Kyrie or Kemba, like so that gives you Kyrie, Anthony, and Zion. Like in this, and if you can go out and get some role players come in, from what this offseason you have Marcus Morris who's available, JJ Redick for shooting. Uh, you can add Danny Green for for defense and shooting. Uh, you already have Alfred Payton. Uh, Frank Jackson, you have Okafor, they would have a disgusting starting lineup. They would have a great bench to go against other benches. I mean, it's, and also, it's, I think for me personally, like, I love Kyrie Irving so much, like, as a player. And as a Boston Celtics fan, I want him to leave. I'm sorry. It's just, I did not work well, and I don't see it working well. And so, I'm fine with him going somewhere else. 
and I, I want for him to go to to the Pelicans. I mean, going to the Knicks, the Knicks are a historic organization. They have so much history. They have everything on their side. Kyrie winning a championship for them would be great. Don't get me wrong. But that's just going to be adding to the pedigree that already exists. That's already there. You're not going to be anything special for winning one championship. You're gonna They're going to love you for the next few years because you brought it to them, then it's going to move on to when's the next one, when's the next one, when's the next one, so on and so on. Same for the Lakers, same for Celtics, same for big teams like that. And so I think just with Kyrie's mentality, I'm not saying he's weak-minded. I'm just saying right now, obviously, the pressure looks like it's a little too much. So going to a place like the Pelicans where they don't have that mindset, where – it's play, win the championship this year, win the championship. It's more, hey, if you can get us to the playoffs, advance a few rounds, they love you. <clears throat> if you can win a championship for New Orleans, New Orleans Pelicans, Kyrie or Kemba, whoever comes, with Anthony Davis and Zion would literally have their statues there. Oh, I mean, yeah. You look, yeah, Shaquille O'Neal was at Miami Heat for 45 years. His jersey got retired. Why? Because him and Dwayne Wade brought a championship, the first championship to Miami. This this man played less time there than most people play for the whole franchise, never get their jersey retired. He was there for four or five years, got his jersey retired. I think that was the first team to retire his jersey too after his retirement. And so just for their career, their legacy, just what they're going to be forever remembered by, for the rest of their lives, all those players would be loved in the city of New Orleans. Like, that would be their time. Like, even though they don't live there, like, LeBron is loved in Miami. <clears throat> he's He doesn't live there anymore. He plays for – he's played for two other teams now, and he's still loved in Miami. Why? Because he brought – he came and brought two championships. Same for Chris Bosh. Same for players that, like, that's not their lifer team. Like, they're not lifers, but there's cities that they can live – go back, and they're going to be beloved by everybody because – they brought something to them that they never expected, number one. And number two, that they are happy with for the, for the history of their franchise. Like, so I would love for the Pelicans to, to be able to finagle that somehow because I think that would be amazing to watch. Um, they'd be probably the best team in the West. Definitely win the championship in the next three years. I'm not saying next year, but probably the second year after that. So, Yeah. That would, that would be how I can do that. If you can't do that, then, yeah, I would say try to trade Anthony Davis right away because if he's going to be gone, you want that team to have chemistry from the get-go. And so mm-hmm. as soon as you can, get the best deal you can possible, get those players there, and then start playing basketball together. And that's how you get better. And you want them to be able to play with Zion comfortably. <clears throat> you want everybody to understand their roles. You want everybody to come in midseason. Uh, people with egos clashing, you're not going to play well that way especially because that's going to be an overhaul. You're going to be getting four or five players, uh, three players with draft picks. Like just So it's not going to be one guy you're switching out. So, yeah, you want that as soon as possible if the trade's going to happen. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm with you on all of that. I, I think a Kyrie to New Orleans with Drew Holiday, Zion, Anthony Davis, and Julius Randle if he resigns, or Danny Green they're able to get him, or... You know, any number of those guys you named as well. Maybe Rudy Gay goes. You know, it's not too far for him either, and he's he's an unrestricted free agent. I, I think any of those options sounds awesome. Um, yeah. I'm curious to see how Zion fits alongside Anthony Davis because Anthony Davis is generally cl- – I mean, when, when DeMarcus Cousins was there, DeMarcus Cousins was inside the paint. Anthony Davis was kind of floating around outside. 
um, to kind of play off of each other. And if Zion's able to do that with Anthony Davis, where they're kind of they don't have to occupy the same space at the same time, it could be unbelievable. But then I'm gonna on the back end, like you said, like if it's not a good fit, then you know move on as quick as possible just to to find out what it what it could be, you know. Yeah, I mean, I just think you already know he's going to leave. Like, nothing's going to happen with with him, just him and Zion, with just the rest of the team back. They're not going to win anything. Uh, they can definitely, they'll get in the playoffs. I mean, but they're not going to win a championship. So that's, the, Anthony Davis is not going to stay. You for sure know that he's leaving. So at that point, just cut your losses. Like, get on with this. Unless, if you can convince him to stay, that would be a different story because then you can sign somebody else the next offseason. But, He's not staying if Kyrie or somebody doesn't come and they get really good really quickly. Mm-hmm. Definitely agree. I think Anthony Davis knows he's got probably one big contract left um, before he hits a crucial point where, like, he's just not – well, before he is kind of on the back end of his prime. You know, like, Westbrook signed that with his contract. He currently is in with the Thunder. Paul George, yet to be seen. Um LeBron definitely with his Lakers contract, it seems. But yeah, I'm. Yeah, I think, but I think Anthony Davis actually it depends on how what kind of deals he, he takes. Because if he takes a three with the four option uh, after that third season, you could get an extension four or five years, and that's that would be your your biggest one. Especially with how I'm guessing the CBA is going to go with adding more money, more money as more money comes in and so i think he's got two just gotta structure it right if you get a five-year deal right now then you're pretty much screwing yourself in the butt so we'll see how good his agent is we'll see we'll see i'll see how good um what clutch sports is for sure so (laughs) all right next next question here so right now the warriors are up 2-0 on the blazers and the bucks are also up 2-0 on the raptors but Kevin Durant has yet to play a game in almost, I think, two weeks now, if I'm doing my math correctly. So, do you think can the Warriors? It's kind of a, kind of a question either way. Are the are the Warriors good enough without KD to beat the Bucks, and are the Bucks good enough to beat the Warriors without KD? So it's yes to both, and so I don't know. I was struggling with this earlier, and not because. I don't think the Warriors can beat the Bucks, but the other, actually the other way around. Like, don't get me wrong. Uh, Giannis is a freak of nature. Um, I just watched the game today. That was crazy what he was doing. Like, <laughs> it really was insane. And that's great and all, and I love it. But that's a two. Well, it's always going to be a two. That's yeah. not going to change. It'll be a two. And you are going against the two greatest shooters in NBA history. And I have no opinion saying, like, I have no problem saying that out loud. And anybody can come judge me. I don't care. By the time they're done, they're both going to have more three-pointers made than anybody else that ever played the game. Their percentages are going to be pretty goddamn high. And I'm not going to say they're going to be the highest because their usage rate is so much higher than some other people. But you have the two best shooters. You have a freak. Great. Then you have the rest of the team surrounding you. And... When you look at Iguodala's defense compared to anybody else on the Bucks, I take Iguodala. Uh, take Kerr or Boone Hoser. I love Boone Hoser. He's a great defensive coach. 
but he has no half court offense whatsoever. Um, so I'm taking Kerr on that. Uh, the Warriors have been playing together for three years now. Their bench comes in and still finds a way to score every time. It's never the same person. It's always somebody different. So people saying that somebody's going to be cold doesn't really matter because somebody's messing up and another person steps up. Jordan Bell's going off. Jordan Bell hasn't played more than 10 minutes in a basketball game in the playoffs until this season, until this uh, series. And now he's doing work. I mean, it's just Jonas Rocco is doing work. So I think just the overall team in general, the Warriors are better. So I do think that they have, they have, they have a good chance of beating the Bucks. The Bucks do also have a chance of winning. Like Giannis can also come out there and score 40, 50 every night. Cause he is seven, two, seven, three. I don't care what they say. His measurements are in real and, and on the stat sheet. Like he's got to be seven, three, his arms are up to his knees, and he's that tall. Like he's cra- he's crazy, and so he can go both ways. Uh, I was a betting man, which I am a betting man. I definitely picked the Warriors, though. Uh, definitely not a sweep or in six, probably six or seven. I'm leaning more towards seven. But that's another thing is once it gets to the finals, like these guys have never been in the finals. I don't think a single player on. The Bucks roster has been to a finals game, and so <laughs> that pressure is is not like the Eastern Conference Finals. Sorry, it's a lot higher. You're facing a lot better competition, in my opinion. And so we'll see how that goes. And then you got to find two people to guard Stephen Clay. What you do, you you got to find somebody to guard one man on your team compared to you got to find uh, two guys to guard two guys on the other team. So I'll take two over one easily, especially since I've seen Clay drop sixty. And I've seen stuff drop 60 easily. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I think the Bucks. I think the Bucks are good enough to be, I think, I think the Bucks are good enough to beat the Warriors without KD. I don't think they're good enough to beat them with KD fully healthy. Um, uh-huh. Just because that KD and Giannis all of a sudden it's, Katie's Katie's been there before. I mean, Giannis has never been to the finals, clearly. So, and also like the supporting cast. At some point, Eric Bledsoe is going to have a game where he does really good. But Brooke Lopez doesn't. That's probably Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez's game one is probably his only game. You know, for a while yeah. where he's like that he's good. That yeah, I mean, Brooke Lopez hit more three pointers um, in game one. They did his like first game one of the playoffs. They did his first six years in the NBA. So yeah, he hit he hit more. Uh, he scored more points in that game than he did in the whole series against Boston. Jeez. Then, yeah, it's he, he came out to play that day. I'll give him that, but that's not happening again. So with KD, it's a different story. Um, I like watching the Warriors more without KD because it's more fun to watch. Uh, there's a lot more movement, mm-hmm. more threes by by the splashes. Splash Brothers, but with KD, they're I mean they're still fun to watch. Don't get me wrong, because I love me some KD. I I really don't care that he went to the Warriors. I mean I understand why people don't like it, whatever. But uh, anytime I can watch KD play basketball, especially on the offensive side of the ball, I will definitely take that chance because he's, in my opinion, the best offensive player we've seen in a very long time. And so it's a different story. Nobody can guard KD. I mean, nobody can guard Giannis. At that point, when you have KD, you're you're trying to guard three guys that are all-stars, that are bucket getters, automatic threes. So that's – can't leave them open. 
that's tiring. It's going to be exhausting. And when that bench comes in, they're not going to be able to help. So definitely take the Warriors if they have KD. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Um, all right. So finishing it up here a little bit. The Man, it, it, it seems like the NBA is in just a cycle of a bunch of yeah, a bunch of news. Like the NBA, like the you know, NFL, it's like, okay, well, there's the offseason for a little bit, but now the NBA is just all the time. So the question I got to ask you is as far as like playing basketball, I'm going to try to play some more basketball this summer. So, um, you know, can be outdoors a little bit more, even though it's not too bad weather here at all. But who who is like your equivalent player? Who do you think you play like the most? Um, I actually haven't played a game of basketball in like two months, but, um, so I don't know who I'd play with like right now. I don't know about that, but I don't know. Ever since it's like changed for me. It's like, cause obviously like guys have grown older. I've just kept myself out of shape a lot more. So I guess high school, uh, growing up, growing up, I was, I was more of a slasher. I just go to the basket all the time. Uh, then I learned how to shoot cause I got lazy. So really any like spot up shooter you can find. Um, but then once I got to college, um, I was like a full six one or so. And I've been playing like Draymond Green. Like I, I don't know, I value playing defense. I hate being scored on and so I will guard anybody that wants it. Like really, really don't care. <laughs> Even though if they're probably gonna cross me or anything, I really I'll go guard him and I'll find a way to guard him. That's what I'll do. Uh, I'll score. Uh, I'll play defense. I'll get aggressive if I have to. I'll play a little bit dirty if I have to. It just depends on who I'm playing with, who I'm playing against. So, I mean, I get mad. I just – I'm not as loud as Draymond. I'll say that, though. I don't really make noise. But, I mean, this is – when I heard – when I was looking at this, I was laughing because when I, when I was back in Oklahoma State, uh, the Colvin, the where we go play basketball, mm-hmm. uh, we'd go all the time. And then on the weekends, uh, like James Washington, all the football players would go up there. And so I started playing with them on the weekends and stuff like that. And, like, the third game in, their nickname for me was Draymond Green. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, I mean, I realized after that, I was like, yeah, I guess I do kind of play like him. You know, knock down a – especially, like, early Draymond. Not really now because, I mean, I shoot a lot more. And he really – his shot usage is, is severely decreased. And so, but, yeah, early on, Draymond Green, definitely. I'll say that. Gotcha. Well, uh my comparison I got when I was playing a bunch in high school, um, at least, was David Lee, and that's kind of stuck with me. He's not double check. Um, I don't think he's left-handed, um, like I am. But it is just um, when I when I I don't really drive to the basket. Um, kind of just make my way over there, and then I don't think anyone would say anything about my game is incredibly fast, but. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> so David Lee is actually naturally left-handed. I think that's one of the reasons, but he, he almost became ambidextrous, ambidextrous, I'm reading this, uh, when he broke his left arm, learned to play right-handed, so maybe that was part of it, but David Lee, um, 30th overall pick in the 05 draft, and played till 2017, but I've been told I play a lot like him, just not a lot of quick movement, but bigger guy you can hit a shot when you need it and be um be on the court i was always known for being that fifth man to get picked up um in case someone else needed to run some more um and they only had four but let's see here um lastly for you here tonight is 
So it's now the fifth anniversary that we haven't had NCAA football. Um, of, you know, it's the last one was in four, 2014. So now it's like the fifth anniversary. We've been doing the math all correctly with it. But who who do you think, at least basketball wise, because we can definitely do a football podcast another time too. Who do you think basketball wise would have been like the most fun player to use in NCAA basketball in the past five years? Oh, clearly Zion Williamson. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That would be so, that would be crazy because, like, you have to, like, that's the same thing with Steph. So, like, so I don't know how much you play 2K, but when Steph started running, doing this run of uh, that first championship, they had to actually redo 2K because some of the stuff that, uh, you would miss in 2K. Steph was making in real in real life yeah. consistently, and so they had to change like all these metrics on shooting and stuff like that. And so I think Zion would do that for dunking. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Zion's in-game dunks are pretty much what you do in 2K. And so if what you do in 2K is exaggerated from somebody else in real life, then how do you exaggerate Zion? So that's what I would love to see: is how you exaggerate his dunks. Um, just getting that fast break and just doing some crazy stuff. Because if you can jump that high and that aggressive, you can do any kind of alley if you want. And that's pretty much my favorite part of two K is dunking. Yeah, I think my favorite part of two K is um, it's like hitting a bunch of threes. Like just I love just driving into the basket and then being able to kick it out and hit a three. Um, it's got its flaws, of course, because when I'm playing as the Spurs, it's really hit or miss. Um, and that's worse the Spurs when they had Kawhi and Danny Green. But it also really sucks because I love, I mean, I clearly am a huge Thunder fan. If anyone's been listening to this podcast for more than before <laughs> this one. Um, and the Thunder are not set up to hit a bunch of three pointers, especially with Andre Robertson. So, you know, and yeah, Paul George, you know, cool, but I'd always have to like go into NBA GM mode. So my team, just because I also don't like the Warriors. So my team was generally like, oh, you know what? I'm going to be, um, I'm going to play as, I'd play as the Celtics for a little bit with Jalen Brown and then uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And then who else? I played sometimes with like, uh, with like the Bulls and the Knicks which was just really odd. But then I, I used to play with the Magic every so often because they had, at the time, I think they still have Terrence Ross um, and Vucevic. And then they had, um, gosh, who else am I missing here? But I played with the Magic um, quite frequently just because it would, I guess it would throw people off a little bit because no one ever plays as the Magic. I almost forgot they were one of those teams that I could choose. And then... <laughs> Gosh, I think, yeah, it's always like them. It was so hard for me. To, I could never play as the Sixers and win a game. Like, I would just, I don't know if you do the same thing with, um, I know we play against each other like once or twice, I think, and I definitely lost both. But it was like, you know, you just do random teams and you have three options. And if the, if you don't like the first two, then you have to stick with the third one. And so I would, yeah. you know, I'd get like the Sixers and it'd be like, oh, you know, oh, that's a huge advantage when someone else had the Heat or if they had the Kings. And I go, not. Nah, I really don't know how to do anything besides shoot threes in this game and, like, kick out. So, and J.J. Reddick's, like, the only dude. So, the second J.J. Reddick needs a breather, which the dude's getting up there in here, so he needs some, a lot of breathers. Um, I just was hot garbage. But still, still a lot of fun. Um, and I think for me, like, the, if I have to think about a 2K player, it's 
I think it's Trey Young because he's hitting so many just long, far shots in college that teams were having to go out and guard him. And it really was like a one versus five when he was at OU. Like it was Trey Young. Like I remember when we when we beat him um, in Gallagher Iba. You know, at, at Oklahoma State, beat him at Oklahoma State. For anyone who doesn't know me extremely well and where I went to college at, which would be impressive if you're listening to the podcast. But anyways, um, you, yeah, you, yeah, no one's an OU fan here at all. But I think that it was interesting to me because the way Oklahoma State beat Trey Young is that it we just we just would almost double team Trey Young when he got past half court. You know, yeah. make him do something. He's an undersized guard. So make him pass out and stuff like that, and that's how that's how we beat him. It just was, um, it was funny to watch him play against guys who like like Trey Young against, um, gosh, who who was bad when Trey Young was? Because now now every team in the Big Twelve is pretty darn good, but maybe Trey Young against Baylor, um, was like a ton of fun because. Baylor would have guys to go guard him, but you just pull up basically at pass half court and just pull up a three. And of course, I'm not a Trey Young fan or anything, but I do do like hitting some shots and uh, making the easier ones that are one point more than the other than the two pointers for sure. Dunks are awesome too, though. Cannot complain about that at all. Man. That's a, yeah, no, I I love. I mean, I don't know. It's, I love shooting, obviously, because I, I like shoot all the time. But for me, it's just only exciting when like certain people are doing it, like like Dirk. I love mm-hmm. when Dirk hits threes. I would literally stand up because like I'm like it's, it's going straight to the sky and then it's gonna fall straight in. So like Steph, uh, Steph's exciting because he just makes it look easy. Like it's same thing with Trey. Like their shots are so fluid, and there's no jumping then setting up. There's just straight from the touch and the air. The jump is like mid mid form and everything, and so Clay's cool just because I think it's just interesting how Clay does it because a lot of Clay's threes are off, uh, they're off picks, off screens, but they're not like off the dribble. They're catch and shoot. So like it's like the game he had sixty plus points or something. It was off like seven or eleven dribbles or something like that. Like that's crazy to me. So like watching that's fun, but uh, Damian Lillard I think is probably my favorite. Just because off those screens he does, those shots, like, my opinion, like, their strategy should be double screening and him just taking ridiculous shots. Because they go in, like, 40% of the time. So I don't understand why he has, like, that's, I think that's why they're losing a lot, is because he's hesitating. Um, I think he needs to build his confidence. Uh, and I'll just start talking about the, the Trailblazers again. But, uh, yeah, no, I love Lillard's shot. It's like certain players when they shoot, I, uh, it's exciting. Like I'm happy, yeah. like it gets my seat, and so yeah. AD on the his one when he like runs up the court, either left or right side on the wing, and just pulls up on somebody, and they've got their hand in his face, and he just drills it. That that gets me off my seat. <laughs> I get excited for that shit. So that yeah, that's gosh, it's. It's awesome. I think if if Luca had been on a team, Luca would have been a lot of fun too, because he's got such great ball handling skills and can hit crazy shots too. But um, he's an honorable I mention because he Luca yeah. would have won at the national championship. Oh God, that would have been amazing to watch. Honestly, him and March Madness would be would. I know the NCAA is kicking themselves because that would have been an attraction that you would have made, made billions of dollars just 
a lot more than they usually make. Because I mean, obviously, maybe not billions, but they would have made right. a lot more money. So yeah, no more. kidding. Well, hey, um, thanks so much for joining, man. Um, awesome, awesome, awesome to talk to you as always about NBA stuff. I'm sure I'll have you back to talk on. Um, you know, about the TB12 workouts in the Patriot land and fandom. Oh, since, the uh, Patriot way is the only way to go. <laughs> I, I, just, I, mean, I disagree just because I'm looking at my um, <laughs> Dallas Cowboys Blake Darwin jersey here. But Shout out to uh, the Bruins. Uh, about to get the Stanley Cup real quick. Jeez. It's slight work. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. I just haven't really watched a lot of hockey just because of the NBA playoffs, and I've been betting a lot, so I'm, yeah. I'm definitely watching the Stanley Cup. Well, hey, the, the Sharks don't look bad at all. Um, if they end up winning, I think there's still a couple more games left. And I've always been a fan of their colors. Not a huge fan of the San Jose teams like Oakland, San Francisco Giants, um, Raiders and stuff, but especially the Warriors, but... We'll see. We'll see. I, I'm I'm happy for the city of Boston, but at the same point, it's um, it's cool. Not not overjoyed or anything. Not like extremely like. Oh my gosh! Can you believe this run? I you know. Most I mean, people aren't excited anymore because it's not it's not a surprise. It's not yeah. something new. I mean, if you told me in three months, hey, the Red Sox are back in it, I'd be like, all right, cool. Kind of figured, you know. Yeah, they'll be back in it. That's, you know, we're talking about, we can talk about that at a different time. I've got a lot yeah. of uh, anger and, and happiness all, all in one <laughs> about the Red Sox. But, yeah. All right. Well, um, you want to shout out anything before we wrap up the podcast here? Um, uh, That's nothing really. I don't know about how, how you how you like podcast shout outs but i actually thinking i've been thinking about starting my own and i'm going to record my first one in a few weeks um definitely be a lot crazier than this than my usual uh, loud loud self just hot takes really so it's gonna be a fun time i'm, I'm gonna be getting a lot of more free time so that's something i really want to do but yeah awesome. so for that appreciate it yeah of course well thanks so much uh kenya and feel free to go follow you on Twitter. I'm sh- hopefully, uh, you know, I, I'm sh- sure you can follow at the CGA tour and find your Twitter pretty darn easily. I forget exactly what the at is for it, but, um, hanging for life, L Y F E set up L I F E. I know I'm, I'm a little dork for that, but L I F E was taken. So, but yeah, I'm Kenyon. I love it. That's what I want to be. So that's really my, my, that's my hashtag app for Twitter, Instagram, everything. Nice. Well, yeah. Go follow at Kenyon for Life. Go follow at the CGA Tour on Twitter or Instagram. And uh, Kenyon, thanks so much for joining me. I'll catch you soon. Well, have a good night.